Hello and welcome to the Red Special Guitar Podcast, December Christmas edition. This is a super special episode that I've managed to get just in time for Christmas for you all. And it's a little bit of my Christmas gift from the Red Special Guitar Podcast to you, the wonderful followers, subscribers, patrons and listeners to the channel. Now this chap has been looking after the Red Special um, for some time for Brian May and I was lucky enough to have him agree to be on the podcast and have some free time last week. So please tune in in a minute and you'll see me talking to Pete Malandrone. gentlemen of the red special guitar podcast today we have a real treat in store for you hopefully um we have a man who has been entrusted with brian may's guitar for a long time hopefully you'll be able to tell us how long it has been and he is an absolutely wonderful chap i'm led to believe we'll find out (laughs) pete malandrone how are you i'm very good thank you john thank you for inviting me on your fabulous podcast which i have listened to Excellent. And you still wanted to come on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In for a well, penny, Andrew, in for a pound Andrew, Andrew Morgan told me that I had to, otherwise, oh, right, stopped, yeah. otherwise he stopped sending me strings. Oh, good. That worked then. Excellent. Yeah, it did, yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, Andrew's a, a great, great example. He's a fantastic chap himself, and he's been on the podcast and hopefully said it wasn't too bad of a, a thing. I know you use A strings for all of your string needs and other bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a good man, Andrew. So, so he certainly is. Um, no matter what everyone else says about him, he is a good man. It's, um, he can't drink. He's no, a terrible, <laughs> terrible drinker. Terrible. He likes G and T, doesn't he? I think. He, a couple of lemon, couple of baby shams, and he's seriously, <laughs> he's all over the place. Bless him. Last time he came around my house, I think I think I, think I had to I had to put him to bed last time he came around my house, and I, to, and I had to put him to bed before his wife, and then I had to carry his wife to bed as well. <laughs> oh, poor oh, baby. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah. Pete, how's COVID treated you? How have you been? Have you, you stayed safe and and well? Yeah, I haven't. Well, I haven't had it yet, um, which is good, and it it kind of hit. COVID hit us pretty, it was very, very strange because we'd just come back from the, uh, we just come back from Australia. And I think that was in, it was in January or, or early February. And I think it was, ju- it was only a couple of weeks later than w- when the lockdown started. So th- the tour finished and we all said goodbye and said, oh yeah, see you in a couple of months. And, you know, and we, we nobody was really taking it that seriously. We did, we did have a little sniff of it actually when we flew from Korea to Japan and, we were all told we had to wear masks as we arrived in Japan. And obviously that was a, a really sort of alien thing then for, for anybody to have done. You, you're used to being in Japan and lots of people are wearing face masks and you, you think, oh, what are you doing that for? But you, you can kind of see why now. Um, so we all got off at 
in um, wherever it was we flew into in, in Japan. And there was actually, there was people there with heat guns um, pointing them at you as you were coming through, as you were coming through passport control, checking your temperature. And anyone was hot, anyone that looked hot on the, on the thermal imaging gun, they were being pulled aside and I, I guess tested. Um, and we thought that was, you know, this was rather amusing. And then lo and behold, three weeks after we got back, we, we were in lockdown. Um, Brian, was, Brian was pretty concerned, obviously, you know, being his age and stuff. I mean, he's, he's incredibly fit. He's a lot fitter than I am and a lot healthier than I am and leads a lot better lifestyle than I do. But he was still, he was still very worried and took it very seriously. And he basically shut our office down and nobody came to work for probably best part of, I don't know, seven or eight months. Wow. Um, but being the guy he is, um, he didn't furlough us. He, he just he just paid us because that's the type of like he is. So, so it was, I mean, it's amazing, really. A lot of, a lot of people in my industry, I'm extremely lucky because I work, I work full time for Brian Weather whether I'm on the road or not, um, or whether I'm doing guitar stuff or not, I work for him full time. Um, but a lot of people in my industry, you know, have, have really, really suffered. And, you know, amazingly talented people have ended up, you know, driving vans and painting, decorating and gardening and to, just to, you know, to, to keep a roof over there because, you know, our industry was treated extremely badly by the government. And, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a billion, billion dollar in, or billion pound industry in, in this country. And the people just weren't being looked after. And I felt a bit guilty because, because of the privileged position that I'm in. And I was talking to a lot of mates and they were really struggling. And they said, how are you? And I'm like, well, fine, thanks. Yeah, you know, I've been sitting. I've been sitting in my garden and doing what I can work-wise, but you know, it's, it was, it was. So it, it hasn't been. It hasn't been bad. You know, obviously, it could have been. It could have been an awful lot worse. But I'm. I was. I was just. I was just lucky, really. So it's. Yeah. It's been fine, and it's. It's more or less. It's more or less back to normal now. But having said that, as of yesterday, um, yeah. it looks like it's all going to go completely tits up again. So. I've no doubt that it will go back to sort of how it was, but we're, everyone's kind of used to that now, aren't they? I mean, we, you know, there's there's not a lot I can do from home. You know, I can email people and you know do Zoom chats and stuff, but it's the stuff I do is is mostly hands on, so I can't, I can't really work from home, and I can avoid I can avoid people up here, so yeah, it's fine. But mostly they want to avoid me, to be honest. <laughs> but I can I can. I can I can structure my day so I don't have to really contact many people if I've got stuff to do. So it's been it's been fine for me, um, but I'm well aware of of how tough it's been for a lot of guys. And I think I think a lot of a lot of people. I mean, we're t it's 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 almost we're getting on for two years since this started now. A, a, a lot of people have gone out and got what I would call a proper job now. And especially if you've got a family, if you're used to being on the road or you're used to working or touring, you may be away from home for like a year or some people are, 18 months or, or whatever it is, or, or for six months of the year. And I think a lot of people in my industry, certainly, who have now got proper jobs 
are actually finding that they they quite like the structure of it. So they like going to work at nine o'clock and finishing at five and knowing exactly what they're doing every single day. And I think we're gonna. I think I think a lot of people are gonna are gonna leave the industry. Video guys, you know, background guys, whatever. And I think a lot of them won't come back, which is going to be problematic. Yeah, it's, it's going to be knock on. I mean, for your industry for some time. And absolutely. And and now this 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 other variant, you know, we're supposed to be going out on tour again. In you know, it's already been it's already been postponed twice. We're supposed to be doing UK and Europe. I think starts is it May? April, May? Yeah, it's in May. Yeah. Isn't it? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with that? No yeah. idea. It, it it could all go. It could all go pear-shaped again, couldn't it? It certainly could. It feels very much like it's balanced on a knife edge at the moment. It is. No, no pun intended. Um, but ah, see, we did there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it's. I can imagine it's been quite tough. It's, and everyone's been going through something in their own way as well. Whether it's affected everyone, Absolutely. hasn't it? It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it'd certainly go down in history as is one of those moments that's. It's defined a generation and defined our, our lifetime for sure. It is, and I don't, I don't think I don't think that's gonna. I don't think we'll ever get back to you know what we considered normal. Normal. I think we're, we're going to have to live with it, but people are just gonna, people are going to die. Yeah, that, that's the bottom line, isn't it? People, we're, if we're going to live with it, people people are going to die, and it's yeah. it's. And I think I think you get a bit of you get a bit of fatigue about this as well about this COVID thing. You just you just in the end you just think. Oh, I can't be, you know, I just want to live my life. But yeah. that, that's not the point, is it? You've got, you know, we're getting very deep here, aren't we? It's, but it's, we it's, are. it's, a, it's a social responsibility thing. I mean, I don't want to, you know, for argument's sake, if, if I don't particularly care if I catch it or not, I think I'd be okay because I'm, I'm uh, no underlying health issues and I'm, and I'm 56 years old. So I should, in theory, be okay. That doesn't mean that I can be blase about it because if I pass it on, if I pass it on to Brian, for example, yeah. I could kill him. <coughs> yeah. And I, don't, I um, don't really, I don't really want to go down in history as the person that killed Brian. Maybe. No, probably not the, uh, well, not the good way, work. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, it is, I mean, I'm joking, but it is, it's a serious thing. It's, it's no. not, it's not something to be, to be taken lightly. The social no, responsibility thing I think is, is important and, you know, people disagree and you know, all the anti-vax whatever. Um, well, but the, yeah, it's the social responsibility bit that gets me. I think it's it's massively important. Yeah, and I think it. I'm glad we're not talking about guitars. It's great, isn't it? No, well, yeah, it's much. I know nothing than, about uh, that. Yeah, well, neither do I. So we're we're, we're together yeah. there. <laughs> You've got the strings, no, the strings I, on that one are upside down, by the way. You know, the the, uh, the thick one goes at the top, right? You do know that. Yeah, it's, um, I, I didn't, but I do now. So that's a good okay, bit of knowledge. That's good. I was going to ask you actually what what to do with it because I, I didn't really know. Um, well, I'll tell you what. With one of those ones on the left there, the um, the, the the weirdy shaped one, you, not that yeah, the other side, that one, whatever that, that one. is. Yeah, whatever that is, they're really good. Um, you can hit a six with one of those. I tell you, if you playing yeah. cricket, they got a really good middle. Yeah, good. But mm. I, I broke one once because I, I didn't hit the middle of it. It hit the side and it yeah. smashed into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we did go a bit deep there, but I think it's important too because I think you know. Co co well, hopefully everybody switched off. Hopefully everyone switched off now. <laughs> yeah, it's just me and you now. So yeah, exactly. talk about talk what about you yourselves and Queen. What are you doing the weekend? <laughs> Funny you should say. Ooh. No, 
so I, was, I tend to go through these things, Pete. You've, you've listened to a couple, but you tend to ask people how they like when they first heard Queen. And, and mm-hmm. can you remember back to your first memory before you were involved? And, and I, I guess, <clears throat> I guess my, I think my sister might have had greatest hits one. She's a couple of years older than me. Um, but it, it's, it's the Queen music's always around. You know, I was always, I was born in 1965. When did they start? When when was when was first hit, 74, 73 or something? Yeah, so I guess I, I would have been watching Top of the Pops, so I would have been aware of them, uh, as aware of them as I was any other band that were around at that time. Um, but I distinctly remember when I was 12, which was in 1977, getting a Boots voucher for Christmas. And I went to Boots in Sutton, in Surrey, and I bought, for some reason, with my record voucher, or my, my voucher, I bought News of the World on cassette. And the only reason I bought it was because I was scared of the cover. And that, that is the God's honest truth. And if you've watched that, you know that, have you seen the Family Guy episode yeah. where Stewie, the baby, is really afraid of the cover and he's afraid yeah. of the robot? That, yeah. That's me at 12. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was... I was I was completely taken with that with that picture and the inside cover where the robots got them and and it's yeah so strangely but then obviously I listened to it and um, I think I knew I knew Champions and Rock You I didn't know anything I didn't know any of the other songs off that but I, um, but yeah and so that's that's probably my first but it didn't immediately make me a Queen fan and make me go out and and buy every other album it wasn't it wasn't that. I got more, um, well, I never, I never really, I never really got into them, to be honest. I mean, yeah. they're not, which has probably helped in, in my career, they're not, they're not my favourite band by, by a long, but by a, a, a long way, they're not my favourite band. Um, but w- when I was about 15 or 16, I started to get more into sort of heavier stuff, the, the sort of first wave of, of British metal, as it was called, with Iron Maiden and Saxon and and um, Motorhead and, and and stuff like that. But then, but actually, before that, before that, I was a massive, massive ELO fan. So there's a there's a bit there's a bit in the song um, Wild West Hero. There's a guitar bit, and that goes. That's what made me want to play the guitar. So I started playing guitar about fifteen, and then and then I became just a massive obsessive status quo fan. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, and, but what, the more, I guess since I've been working here really, the more I've listened to Queen's earlier stuff, the more I realized that I kind of missed out on that, that heavy proggy stuff, which is just staggeringly good. Uh, it just brilliant. You know, it's Roger and Brian and Deakey, you know, obviously Fred's, you know, Fred's Fred, but those three as a, as a, as a rhythm and as a rhythm section, just unbelievably good. Just a, a completely brilliant. They blow me away. Roger's drumming is just ridiculously good. Um, and that, you know, I, I, 
it was probably a bit too grown up for me at that time when I was 15 or 16. I like, you know, edge down. And, and that's not really that kind of music, is it? But apart from maybe sheer heart attack. Um, but yeah, I think it, 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 the music's mature. I mean, their music is mature, isn't it? It's, it's mature people's music. And it's, so I, yeah, I, I probably, I just do it as I've mellowed a bit, probably. I'm, <laughs> not, not so much of a headbanger these days. Happens to us oh, all yeah. at the time. So that's that's that was my introduction to to Queen music, um, and I did see them. Actually, I did see them in '86 at Wembley. And strangely, when I got, when I got this job, Brian actually asked my interview, which was hilarious. Um, he asked me if I'd ever seen them live, and I said, "Yeah, I, I saw you in '86 at Wembley." And he said, "What do you think?" And I said, "Well." If I'm honest with you, Brian, I went to see Quo because they, they were supporting me. <laughs> and he went, oh. And I said, and what we were going to do is we were going we to watch Quo, watch a couple of your songs, and then we were going to go and, and miss the rush and go home. And he went, oh, yeah. And, I, and, I, and he said, well, what happened then? I said, well, actually, we stayed for a couple and you were so good that we stayed to the end. And he said, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know, funny enough. Funny how these things well, work out. But I, I remember distinctly, because I, I didn't, obviously I knew their music and I knew what they looked like, but I'd never really watched Brian play. And I, I was right in front of him, not right at the front, but I was, you know, maybe 50 yards back at Wembley. And I was right in front of him. And I remember thinking to my, distinctly remember thinking to myself, why does he keep pissing around with those controls? Why does he keep... <laughs> Doing this with the volume. Why does he keep? Why does he keep doing that? What the hell is he doing? Leave it alone. And, and lo, and, lo and behold, I still don't know why he does it. But <laughs> lo, and, lo and behold, a million years later, suddenly I'm, I'm like, ah, that's why he does it. Right? <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, it was, how strange is that? It's very strange, isn't it? And I also saw Brian. I saw Brian play. There was a charity show with Bad News. Do you remember Bad News that he, he produced their album? I went to, it was an Iron Maiden show and Bad News was supporting them. It was a charity show at Hammersmith Odeon for something, I can't remember what it was. And, and Brian was there and Brian and Jimmy Page were guitar dueling on stage. Um, and that was, that was pretty amazing. So you had a bit of it. So you went, obviously a massive Green fan, but you saw them oh. a, a couple of times and then did but you- even, even, even people who aren't massive Queen fans, Invariably like Queen. I've, oh, I've yeah. never, yeah. I've never ever, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's gone, oh, I hate Queen. But you know, they're not, they, they might not necessarily be fans, <clears throat> but but like nobody ever says, it's not like you two. Yeah. <laughs> where most people I know hate, I've got a, a real, a proper thing about you two. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, <laughs> You know, they that people don't hate Queen. It's because it's no. just, for me or for people of my age <clears throat> and older and slightly younger. It's it's a soundtrack because they've been around for so long, and you you can never get away from Queen music. If you, <clears throat> it drives me mad because every other advert is a Queen song <laughs> or somebody doing a Queen song, or if you go into a shop. This is Queen music in the background. Yeah. And I've, I, 
I pick up on it straight away and it it just does my head in. I remember going on I remember going on holiday. I went on holiday with my good lady wife and my two kids. And we went and stayed on a caravan site. And there was all these caravans round in a big circle, about 50 caravans, and there was one in the middle, which was the warden's caravan. We were sitting outside having a drink. I was like, oh, thank God, it's nice to be away from work. It's, the warden turned up about eight o'clock at night and put Queen's Great Sits on, <laughs> really loud in the middle. But everybody on the campsite was singing. Yeah. And I, I think I text Brian, I said, you won't believe this, but the moment I've <laughs> sat my ass on that chair, he's put on Queen's Greatest Hits. And it's just like, you can't get away from it. And so, yeah, what I'm saying, it, it, it's like a sound, it, it becomes a soundtrack. To, to people's lives and whether you like it or not there is queen music is in there and it, you might not like 50 percent of their songs but you will like the other 50 percent yeah so even if you're not a massive fan you're you still like them and there's not yeah. there's not actually many bands it's kind of like it's like the beatles or the stones you know it's just the beatles geniuses in, in lots of ways and so are the stones but i wouldn't say i'm a beatles fan or a or a Rolling Stones fan because I, I like their stuff and I like a lot of their stuff. A lot of their stuff I can take it or leave it, but it 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 doesn't invoke the same sort of emotions as Status Quo, Thin Lizzy, and ELO did to me when I was sixteen. And it just it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stoke the, the memories. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Definitely. I think music is such a, a thing, isn't it? I mean, I always turn to music if I'm going through a tough time or if I'm like elated. There's certain tracks you put on to either like bog yourself down in feeling depressed and upset with yourself, and then you put some on to bring you back up. And it, you know, it's it's like the music that you walk down the aisle when you get married or whatnot. All those things define your life, don't they? And you hear that. What was your what was your music? What was your music as you walked down the aisle? Go on. I couldn't possibly tell you, Pete. It's a great song. After, uh, was it? Um, yeah. It would be uh, "You're My Best Friend." It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and mine. Uh, mine was "I Believe in the Thing Called Love" by The Darkness. Yeah. Well, that's a, another classic song, though. Mm. I mean, that is a that's a great song to to go. Yeah, definitely awesome. Yeah. Song. Yeah. Fabulous. No, good good guess there. My wife would be impressed. Yeah, well, it's got to be that one, isn't it? And, and yeah. like when you die, when you die, it'll be who wants to live forever. It's a no brainer, isn't it? Or what there. you should have asked for your wedding song is another one bites the dust, really, isn't so, it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that she'd have uh, gone for that one. Yeah, she's bottom, she been, no, that bottom girl. girls would have been. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so the music just transpires time as well, doesn't it? it what's great is you see all the the youngsters now getting into queen music and mm. having watched a bohemian rhapsody film usually or listening to mum and dad listen to Absolutely. my own children my my children five and seven and and they know most of the queen's greatest hits and they get mm -hmm. fed up of me playing them at home on my red special they're like oh not that sound again but mm. you ask them who the greatest band is and they say queen and who's the greatest guitar player and they say brian may it's yeah it's, um, I it's I, great. I, that's that's thing I have. That's the thing I have sort of noticed. Hang on one sec. Just got me. Just got me gardener coming now. No worries. No worries. Thanks, mate. No Cheers. Sorry. He's <laughs> just put me drain rods in the back of the truck. Yeah. Import, <laughs> important duck productions business. <laughs> that is that's typical of my day. I put yeah. the drain rods in the back of your car, Pete. Thanks, mate. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing to do with guitarists whatsoever. Um, so what, were, what, were we, what were we saying then? I've lost me. Uh, <laughs> what sort of drain rods are they? And are they? Uh, they're blue. You know, they're they're blue. blue. Yeah. Blue type. Yeah, the they're blue better than black ones. Yeah, you don't want to know what I'm doing with those. No. But no. What, what were we talking about? We're talking about um, youngsters and Queen. And, yes, and, that's what I was going to say. Um, and it's not just it's not just since the film came out. Um, but before that, we were increasingly noticing, uh, especially at shows, the, the sort of the massive generational pool that were, that were there and more kids, especially, yeah. in, especially in Japan, especially in Europe, not so much in the States, although it, it, it was better last time we went there, but it's just so many kids and it's brilliant to see. Yeah. And the, but the reason for that, John, is it's not, it's, it is to do, uh, it is to do with their parents obviously playing Queen music to them. But for argument's sake, my, my son, who's 23, is a, is a real proper metalhead. He likes the <laughs> stuff. Now, I never played that to him, but I did, yeah. I, it, he grew up listening to Foo Fighters, White Snake and Metallica. So he's gone, he's gone sort of heavier than that. He considers Metallica and Slayer to be a bit sort of, you know, soft old man rock. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but by the but by the same, yeah. So he's he's gone he's gone sort of more hardcore. But he he still knows he knows a good tune when he hears it. Yeah, you know, he 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 appreciates that music is music, and it's just it's just what floats your boat, isn't it? So yeah. it's not just necessarily that you're force feeding your kids Queen music, because if it's if it's crap, when they grow up, they won't like it. No, definitely. I think it for me. I mean, I force fed my own children, so maybe I'm talking about my own my own story, and that's just through my love of the music and Brian and the guitar and all that stuff. But mm. definitely, we had um, this year at the meetup in in Thiel in 2021. We had three or four kids. And I say kids like teenagers turn up and it it was okay. great because it it's so nice even for us in our little niche yeah. of uber queen brian may red special fans yeah. that there is the next generation coming along to carry on the anorak torch um of wanting to know what's going on with the guitar yeah. and sorry about that yeah <laughs> but it's great because it's not you know it's how lovely is it to see the next generation turn up and have an interest in this and yeah. want to partake and learn and i think that's you know why it's so important to document conversations with people like yourself Pete because it's that information otherwise it's in your head will disappear at some point if we don't capture it properly and, and get it straight from your mouth it can be diluted when it gets posted or if it's a written article um, things can get taken out of context a little bit and yeah it's just so nice to see uh, that younger generation start to get interested but, in it but well, there's nothing better than I mean you can email Pete we can email backwards and forwards or whatever but you can it's so much better. I mean, it's okay on Zoom, but it's so much better to to um, to meet face to face. Yeah, you, you can you can gauge people, can't you? As well, Definitely. you can you can you can see who the idiots are, and you can see who the dickheads <laughs> are. And... and yet, you still went on the podcast with me. You're obviously having a bad day of judgment. Yeah, <laughs> jury's out, mate. I have to say. Yeah, I know. Well, let's see what we can do in the next half. Um... <laughs> But so you obviously 
I mean, when when do you learn then about Brian building the guitar with 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 his dad? Is that something you um, only sort of picked up when you were into the stage, or is that something no, you I think I think I vaguely knew that. I I went to a studio with the guy who the guy who eventually got me the job here. I think he took me to he took me to a studio one day. Brian wasn't there, and I remember seeing I remember seeing the the old girl up on a guitar stand, and I remember walking past it and touching the headstock. So I could say I have touched that guitar. So I, d I did know, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't obviously know. I wasn't working for him then. So, but I did know. Yeah. I did know that he that it was a very very special guitar. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know the sort of ins and outs. I knew he built it with his dad, but I, so I wasn't. I was more interested in Parfit's black and white Telecaster. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One. So from there on, then you obviously talked about you, someone helped get you the job with Brian. Mm -hmm. What what was that process like? Is that something like an advert <laughs> in the newspaper, or is that just Brian was looking yeah. for someone? And yeah, he did, I don't think he knew. To be honest, I don't think he knew he was looking for for someone. What the the, the way it happened? I've, I've told this before, but I'll, I'll tell you in case people don't know how I managed to fall into this job. I was at, I was a, a, I worked for British Telecom as a telephone engineer for 12 years from when I was 16 um, to when I was 28, something like that. I did a three-year apprenticeship and then I became a, 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 I used to install business systems, telephone in offices and stuff. Yeah. And um, I left because it was, I really enjoyed it actually. It was, a, it was a really good job. I couldn't, I knew I was, I knew that I had more in me than, than that because it's the type because it's such a massive company there's there's people above you on seniority numbers who don't know anything about anything they're rubbish they're absolutely useless <laughs> engineers so i would end up going to help i'm not going around trying to say i was great but i took an interest and i was good technically so i used to have to go and help guys that were on more money than me because they couldn't do the job and i just thought that was unfair and i went and told my boss that and he said well there's nothing i can do about that this is you know and i said okay well i'm, I'm going to leave then um, but they were offering quite good redundancy money. So I think I had about, I had about eight months off or something. I was going out with a girl then who ran a, who, who, um, ran a pub. So I think I spent nine months in a pub, um, which is great. And then I was, I was sort of thinking about going back into that. And, and it just so happened that I'd started play, playing in a band um, in the basement of my local pub with a guy who is a roadie. And his name's Justin Crew. He's now Kirk Hammett's tech. But at the time, I think he was working for Genesis. And then he worked on Brian's first solo tour on the Back to the Light tour. He was looking after Moses, uh, Jamie. Um, and he's a very, very, very clever guy. He's a bit, he's a little bit like Nigel Knight, like just massively, massively, stupidly intelligent. And he got asked, when the tour was out, he got asked to help Justin Shirley Smith, who came to the meetup, obviously he met, who's a lovely yep. guy, Justin. But both of them, the, the two Justins, were asked to put Brian's home studio together. I went out drinking with Justin Crew one night, and he said, look, I stayed at his house, and he said, look, I'm going up to work tomorrow at Brian's place to we're building the studio. Do you want to come up? And have a look. I said, yeah, I'd love to. It'd be really interesting. He said, Brian's not there. I said, well, good. Um, so I went up. Hang on, phone. It's all right. That's right. It's my sister. Hang on. 
I'll have to phone you back, sis. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> keep that bit in. She'll be good. I will. She'll be good. She'll be well chuffed. <laughs> um, so, so I came up to work with, with Justin Crew, and I met Justin Shirley Smith. And <clears throat> the first job, they showed me around what they were doing. It's obviously it's really interesting. I'd never been in a studio before, even though it wasn't finished, but the desk was in. But um, after we'd looked around, Justin said, "Oh, we you know," and I said, well, "Have you got anything? Anything to do? Do you, do you want me to do anything?" And he said, "Well, there's Brian's son's Sky Electrics." set it's downstairs it was on a big board and he said it's broken do you want to go and have a look at that i said yeah i'll go and have a look give me a meter and a screwdriver and off i popped and fixed that came back after about three quarters now i said well that's that's fixed he went, oh, okay can you put plugs on on power leads on yeah so he said well there's, there's 10 of those down there but let me have a look at the first one you do i was like all right yeah. so I the first one. <laughs> all right he was like yeah okay can you do those I said, yeah he said can you solder wires i was like oh, yeah of course I can. <laughs> but for British Telecom, he said, but does that scare you over there? And there's all these wires hanging out the wall. And I was like, no. What's the colour code? He went, oh, there's not a colour code. They're all numbered one to 20. I went, yeah, I was used to like hundreds and hundreds of wires, all different colours hanging out the walls and soldering that. So basically, I just made myself useful that day. And then he said, do you want to come back? Because we could probably do with a hand with, with stuff that you can do. And I went, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So we, we installed the studio, Brian was away on holiday, and then Justin Crew went off on tour with someone else. I think he went back to, to Genesis. They were going on tour, and Justin Shirley Smith had obviously said to Brian, I could do with someone around. Pete's been here for a couple of weeks helping out. Can we keep him on for a bit? And Brian said, yes. Yeah. So that, that's when I had the sort of meeting with Brian, because I'd never met him before. He didn't know me. Um, and I was 20, I was just so 29 then, I was just 29. When I started here, it was a week before my 30th birthday. Um, so I did this little interview with Brian, but I do, I do distinctly remember saying, he said, do you want, a, do you want a, a month's trial? We'll keep you on for a month. And I said, yeah, lovely. I said, but I'll tell you what I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be your tea boy. I said, because I'm too old. I'm too old to be your tea boy. If I was 16, 17, 18, Fine, but I, I said I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be your. I'm not going to be your gopher. I don't want to be your tea boy. I want to get stuck in. I want to learn stuff. I'm going to be it. And he said, "Great, okay. I'll put you on a month's trial." And as far as I know, I'm still on my month's trial. <laughs> Twenty-seven years later, whatever it is. So that that's how I got the job. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I, he, as I say, I don't think he knew that he he needed anyone, and it was just it's really lucky it's not the type of job that you get advertised in the paper is it you don't know yeah find it down the job take... center yeah so it's it right, yeah. right, right place at the right time but right i didn't time. really get i didn't at the start i didn't really we were still putting the studio together so i was doing that but i, I ended up tape hopping really or, or assisting justin for about probably about best part of a year because we were doing we were doing made in heaven then i think that's the first thing i worked on was was made in heaven and then, consequently, after that, it was um, another world, wasn't it? I think, from memory. So I was, so I was, I was assisting Justin. Really, I didn't really get into. I can't remember. The first time I looked after Brian, 
guitar-wise, was with Meatloaf. He did a guest thing with Meatloaf at Wembley Arena. And his tech had left. His, his, his tech, who was sort of part-time, he was doing other stuff, but techs move around a lot. Yeah. And he didn't have a tech for that. So, and I just said, well, look, I, I've been looking at your gear. I, I can, I can, I'll, I'll do it, but you'll have to be patient with me because I haven't, I've not done this before. And, you know, I'll, I'll do my best, and, but don't shout at me if I get it wrong. Yeah. And it, it was literally one song. So that I'd never tech for anybody. I'd never take for anybody else. So the first, the first time I ever teched was was at Wembley Arena <laughs> in front of ten thousand people with meatloaf. That was literally the first time I'd ever done it. I was shit. I was shit. <laughs> How did that go? Did it work? Obviously, it went all right. Then. It was fine. We was, well, he was on a wire then, um, so I played it safe. I didn't understand radio systems. I didn't, uh, and he had no. It was no effects. It was. It was a 50 foot curly lead and a treble booster and a, and a couple of AC30s. It wasn't, it was no big deal. Yeah. Um, nice. But it's still nerve, pretty nerve wracking. I bet you felt quite um, pleased with yourself afterwards. It's, it's one of those things and it still happens every now and then. And I was speaking to Brian about this the other day. It's kind of a surreal thing. When, when, you, get in, when you get into this, you, you never think you're going to, you never think, I never thought I was going to end up doing this. I had no, I didn't wake up one day and go, I want to be a roadie. Um, hang on one sec, my secretary's just coming. Yes, secretary, what can I do for you? Sorry, 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 sorry. It's Brian's PA. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing all right. Do you want to say hello, Sal? Look, it's Sal, my secretary. Sal's been here nearly as long as I have. Hi, Sal, si. how are you? Good, thank you. Is he behaving himself? Very much so. Oh, that's a first. <laughs> yes, I'm, 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 on best I'm on best behaviour just in case Brian watches it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing? Ah, just coming to have a laugh. Oh, okay. right, I'll see you later. Have fun. Okay, where are you going? Into the house. Okay. Uh, no, it's not, but the alarm's not on. Okay. Right. And bring me some tea. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Again, what we talked about. Oh yes, uh, I never, I, I didn't, I, I remember watching, I remember watching roadies outside gigs. I went to a lot of gigs um, in my sort of late teens and early twenties. Like we used to go to two or three gigs a week. We were always, always up at the old marquee, seeing various people and we used to go all the time. And I remember looking at roadies thinking, that looks like a laugh. Um, I'd, love to, I'd love to have a go at that. But I, I didn't, I never pursued it. And um, what's going to, yes, we were talking about how I felt after that gig. You, you feel, yeah. because, and I still feel like it, no, that's what I was saying. And, and I spoke to Brian about it. It's like, you feel like an imposter because it's such a, it's such a, a weird, weird situation to be in. To, for me, even though I've worked for him for, 27 years it's it's still sometimes it's like what the hell am I doing here <laughs> what I don't I don't deserve to be doing this and Brian said he feels the same sometimes yeah. he's when he's playing he's like I never thought this was going to happen this is really really bizarre that I'm able to do this and you, you, it's just every now and then 
And when, when I'm doing shows, if the show's going particularly well and I'm really having a good laugh and he's playing really well and the crowd are great, I just sit there and I look at it and I think, oh, that's, this is just so surreal. It's really weird. Even after all this time, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a thrill, you know. I'm, I'm well aware that people would kill for my, for my job, what yeah. I do. I'm, I'm under no illusions. Um, and I just, I really hope I don't become, I'm determined not to become one of those old cynical roadies. There's, there's plenty of old cynical <laughs> roadies around who really, really don't give a shit. They've, they've seen it all, they've done it all. And they take their life for granted. And maybe after this lockdown, they won't because they'll realise what a great industry and what a great job it is to be involved in. And when you, when you actually have to go and do, I, 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 I'm sort of reluctant to say a mundane job because I've, I've never done a mundane job. I wouldn't stay, I couldn't stay in a mundane job. Um, I couldn't sit behind a desk or do something you know, no matter how much you paid me, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, but yeah, it's, as I say, I'm, I'm under no illusions as to how lucky I am. And, yeah, well, and I, I don't, and, and I appreciate, I do appreciate it. And I, I, I love what I do. And, you know, it, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's, it's a job. Um, it's a job. And probably if I won, if I won 20 million quid on the lottery tonight, I'd probably leave. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave him in the lurch, but I, I would leave. I, I wouldn't, you know, because it is a job, but, you, yeah. it, but it's, a, it's a great job. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I can see why they, you know, making yourself useful. I mean, I was going to say, one of the other questions is what, any advice to any aspiring people in the music industry? And, and I be think nice what, you, what, sorry? Make yourself useful and be nice to everybody. Yeah. And I think that goes for any job, really. When, Within um, reason. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not nice to some people sometimes. No, but you, you're not. As you, know, as you young, probably know. <laughs> know it, takes it, about, well, it, takes, it takes a lot to push my buttons, mate. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, it, takes, it takes a lot to push my buttons. But I, my son has just, um, he was in a fairly mundane job and he left because he hated it. And he came on, he came on tour with me in Last American Tour when he was 21. And I put him to work for three weeks with all the other departments and he absolutely loved it. And he said, I want to try and get involved in what you do. And I said, okay. And because of my contacts, he ended up doing, he ended up doing merch on um, like t-shirts and stuff on, um, on a comedy tour for Jack Whitehall. And he really enjoyed it. And then, and then lockdown started. So he, he hasn't done that for a while, but he, he said to me, I said to him before he went, I said, when you're not doing anything, Go and find your production manager and ask him if there's anything that he needs doing. And be nice to everybody and you will get asked back. And that's exactly what happened. He, yeah. he made himself useful. He's a nice guy anyway, very amiable. And so, but guitar tech wise, I can't really give advice because I, I only know, I only know what happened to me. Yeah. But, but if you if you go, most people fall into this you don't you don't go to you don't go and do a, a degree in guitar teching you don't 
I don't think there's a guitar, there's a course in guitar. Hang on, guitar teching, uh, I'll leave that one. It's a state agent. Um, yeah, you don't do you don't do a course in in guitar te in guitar teching. So there isn't there isn't advice. I don't know. I don't know what advice I give. Be nice if you're nice to people. You get yeah. asked back. Go and find your local band and say I'll work for you for nothing for the experience, and be prepared to work in hard because it's not. Yeah. It's it's not easy. It's long. It can be very very long hours and you are working when you are just the tiredest you've ever been in your life and you you still have to hump gear around and load trucks and stand in the rain and you know the two and a half hours where you're up on the stage is the most stressful thing you can possibly think of <laughs> you know there are good sides you know when you have a, guy, a day off and you, and you know you you get to see the world and you're getting you're getting paid you're getting paid to work for a rock band and go around the world how bad can it be you know everyone's oh you're so lucky you're so lucky i'll tell you what there are times when i have absolutely cursed justin crew for getting me my job because it's hard sometimes it's hard it's just hard yeah well you're you're away you're isolated from your family you're off on yeah. tour with other people you've got a really tight schedule you've got the responsibility you have as well pete carrying brian the, you know the, the red special around as well that that's, that's something i know from talking to to andrew and nigel you take very seriously and um and it's a responsibility it's another try way come near it. try coming near it one day yeah <laughs> heard you got cat-like reflexes <laughs> yeah not so much cat-like more sort of sloth-like these days <laughs> But how how do you approach that? Because it it must be an honour and a privilege to, to to work with it and take it round. But it, it the must guitar. come with its down. Yeah, it must come with its downsides as well. And well, the downside. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a it's a pain because um, for argument's sake, just one scenario. You say Brian, like for uh, the, the other day when he guested with Roger, uh, um, Shepherd's Bush. Now I finished there at I don't know half past midnight. I've got the old girl in the back of the car, right? So the first thing you do is <clears throat> you lock all the doors. So when you, if you pull up at the lights, nobody can jump in your car, grab what's in the back. So yeah. that's one thing to think about. The other thing to think about is I needed petrol, okay. right? So <laughs> I stopped at the petrol station. Bear in mind, this is 12.30 at night in Shepherd's Bush in London, right? So I, when I go to pay for the petrol, what do I do? Do I leave, <laughs> do I leave the guitar in the car or do I take it inside on my back for some drunk idiot to go, we'll get there, mate. <laughs> or five geezers come and jump you and nick your guitar. What, what's the best thing to do? Because if you, if you leave it in the car, so they could smash the window and get in and nick it. If you take it in, you could get jumped. So what do, what do you do? It's, it's a, that, that's just one scenario. <laughs> um, so you just, yeah, you just have to, you know, I've got, I, I have ways and means of looking after that guitar <clears throat> which yeah i it's probably best that i don't say isn't it yeah no definitely some things are best to left to the imagination i think but um but, but yeah. As a, yeah you cut out a bit there mate. but yeah but look at looking after looking after it's one thing looking after the upkeep of it is is another thing it's just i 
on the road, obviously, I'm, you know, bits fall off it and there's, there's things happen and you have to take it apart and you just can't be scared. You, you can't be scared yeah. of it. You just can't be scared. So what was it like? So, I've, we spoke to Andrew Guyton on the podcast and talked to him oh, about yeah. how him. he got how, him. <laughs> that doofus. <laughs> I, I knew him well enough to so take the mickey out of him. So that's all right. But um, he was talking about how he first got involved in it and how you, you, you know, he... You restored Brian's Egmont guitar, and then you you asked him about working on the fifty original replicas of the guitar, mm. and then it, you obviously then later on trusted him enough to then go on to restore the guitar or do mm. some work on it in two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Must be um, nice to know you've got someone like him Absolutely. and Nigel for the electronics to to call on when you need need help. And uh, and uh, guidance amazing and. Brian, it's it's not that I trust him. Brian trusts him. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, working with these amazing people, like Andrew, Andrew Guyton, Andrew Morgan, Nigel, si- Simon Bradley, Barry at Brian Magazine, all, all these people, they're they're mates as well. Um, and we all get on, and we never fight, and we always have a laugh at work, and I just. They're trusted people. I trust them. They're their mates, and I've just, I trust yeah. them all with with my life. Really, I do, they're they're that good of mates. I know, but it's <clears throat> it's a t- it's a two way thing as well because I can obviously give them work, but if I need if I need Andrew Guyton to send me some roller bearings at you know in Tokyo, and I need them in three days, he'll he'll do it. And yeah. I phone him at five o'clock in the morning. Go, mate, can you help me out? So it, 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 yes, it's, you've got to have people like that. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't exist. I couldn't exist without those sort of four or five guys. I couldn't do. I couldn't do what I do. I can't do electronics. Well, um, it seems and I wouldn't be. Pretend- and I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't pretend to that I was a luthier. Yeah. I, I can't. I I can repair. I can repair stuff. I'm good at. I'm I'm okay at lots of things. I'm a good all rounder, but. When you get into the nitty gritty of it, yeah, someone else get someone else to do it. I get the fe- the feeling like it's um the relationship between you all is very much how I feel relationships at work and friendship should be, and that it's gentlemen's agreements and it's a, a mutual respect for each other, Absolutely. but covered over by just taking the piss out of each other as much as yeah. you can. Yeah, yeah, and well, it's got to be fun. It's it's, no, it's got to be fun, isn't it? It's got, everything's got to be fun. Otherwise, what's the point? Definitely. No. Yeah, you gotta have a laugh at work. I mean, we we all, you know. Well, you think Sal come in? Yeah. I always I always embarrass her by saying that she's my secretary, and she's clearly not. She's <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't have a secretary. I'm not that important, but I always call her my secretary, and I always refer to Greg Brooks, who's the archivist. You know, Greg. I always refer to him as I, I say. You know, when when people meet him, I say, you know, you have to have a like um you have to have a quota of like you know learning difficulty people with you in your office <laughs> you so I, that's how that's how i refer to 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 greg <clears throat> and um it's the same i mean just justin's a justin as you you met he's 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 quite inscrutable justin and he's a real he's a real thinker but me and him have such a laugh yeah but you know when he's serious you don't you don't want to mess with him because he'll give you a look like a 
And you'll go, okay, right, we're not, we're not messing around today. Are we? you, you expect me to actually do this. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's hilarious. Justin is hilarious. And so, and, but everybody, everybody has their strengths. Even not over, and not only with the guitar, but the whole of, the whole of what Brian's company is, but also the whole of, the whole of Queen, the, the, the people, the, the, the people of, you know, who work for, for Roger. Yeah. But the same, I can, uh, I can, Nigel Bircher, who's, who's uh, Roger's drum tech, um, I can phone him about anything. He'll help me out with anything and I'd help him out with anything. And it's not, it's not like two camps. I mean, basically Queen is Roger and Brian. Um, but we, we, we all sort of work together. It, work, it works, it works very well. Not yeah. only with the guitar, but with everything. It comes across from the outside as well. So it's, you know, us looking in as, Red Special Anorax and whatnot, you can see there's a really tight-knit bunch that mm. do great do great things and achieve really good things that some of us probably wouldn't even know where to start with. So, um, well, Yeah, a lot, a lot of it, we're flying by the seat of our pants though. Yeah. Because obviously Jim, you know, Jim Beach is, is he's getting on a bit and he's, um, he's, he's in Switzerland. So, you know, we have, we can't run everything, we can't run everything by Brian or Jim sometimes. We would never get anything done. Yeah. So we, we are a lot of the time we're flying by the seat of our pants and just using our own, you know, using our own initiative and the fact that, you know, we've worked for them for quite a while and, and you, you, you kind of you kind of have to second guess or you have to just use use your nails and if you mess it up, you just go, oh, I messed it up. Sorry, I couldn't yeah. ask you. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a nice way to work, I think, as well. Mm. It's, it makes. But we're all, you know, if, Brian, Brian definitely appreciates that we're all massively loyal because he's he's a good he's a genuinely good boss and a genuinely nice bloke. And I'm yeah. not just saying that because um, because he's my boss. He's he, he's it's it's sometimes difficult because we're all so close. If he does need to get a bit, I'm the boss and you're the employee. It it must be difficult for him to to actually bollock me. Yeah. Even though he has not many times, but it's usually justified. It usually justifies, but it's it must be very difficult. But he doesn't hold a grudge. He'll bollock you, and then it's over. Yeah. Um, but it must be quite difficult because we're we're like it's like working for your mate, yeah. even though we're massively different personality-wise and um, and our interests and stuff. It's a it's a a very good, and it's the same with everyone. It's it's he it's a massively good working relationship um but what you know he knows what he knows what he wants and he, he's not he's not afraid to he's not afraid to tell you what he wants but then again if i disagree with him i i don't i i will tell him that i don't that i don't agree or i think there's a better way or he, he doesn't i'm not a, i'm not a yes man yeah. um and he'll, he'll either he'll either take it on board or he won't which is fine which is kind of the way it should be Definitely, well, you know exactly where you stand in a, in a relationship well, you like that because there's no yeah, fluffing around this, uh, I don't agree with you because of this, and then you get the, well, I don't agree with you. But at Ooh. least you know where you stand and you can move on then, can't you? It's Ooh. the way it should well, be. And Brian, Brian and Roger are the same as that, is that we've, I've been, like, where they've had, like, proper, proper work disagreements, it's like, wow. And they're really going at each other about something business-wise, and then Roger will look at his watch and go, 
it's lunchtime, Brian. Do you want to come and go and have some lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's complete <laughs> business. And then they're, it's like nothing's happened. And you're yeah. just like, oh, God. <laughs> but it's, it's brilliant to watch. It's, it's, like a, it's like them two are like, they're like sort of brothers and married. And yeah. this, like, they're so useful. What a great they're, description. I'm yeah, going to use they that. Are. They are. Like, they're like, it's, it's incredible to watch. And, and it, but it's the same when they're, when they're on stage. There is, something, what, there is something special about them two playing together. But forget, forget about John for the moment, because um, I've, 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 I've met John and I've seen them play. But to me, to me, both those instruments are lead instruments. And with the best one in the world, and with all due respect to every bass player in the world, that the bass is, is is a backbeat, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's it's filling in the sound, and obviously John was amazing at that. But Brian and Neil Fairclough is is one of the most talented musicians I've ever met in my life. He's absolutely incredible at, at what he does. But Brian and Brian and Roger to me are. They're both playing lead instruments. Roger's, Roger's not just keeping a rhythm. Roger, Roger plays drums like a, a musician rather than a drummer. And when to when them? Do you know what I mean by that? No, no, completely. Some, you can. Some people can hit drums, you know, hit drums in time. But there's and there's something special when them to play and the chemistry between them that it's just it gives you goosebumps. My favourite bit is, and they stopped doing it. They used to do kind of magic where Roger used to sing, and either Rufus or um, or Tyler Warren would, would get up on Roger's kit, and Roger used to come down the front and sing, and Brian and him and Brian would be, and that was my favourite bit of every single show. No disrespect to Adam, but watching them two do that was just like, mate, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting hearing it from your side, Pete, because obviously. It's from the inside looking out rather than the outside looking in, mm. and it, it's it's quite refreshing to. <clears throat> I mean, I've only ever met, I've met you once. You probably don't, and I asked you to do at the Red Special Meetup in 2018, maybe. You came along with your friend Nick and oh, Michael, yeah, well, Nick and Andrew. Played yeah, Nick played the drums. Yeah, he, Nick's, um, he's a saucy drummer, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good, isn't he? Speaking of drummers, he is he actually. Is, he is very good. He only lives down the road from me. This is a random fact of the day. Um, are you living? Are you down in Devon then? Down in Devonshire? I, I, I live in Devonshire. I live in Newton Abbott. So do you? And he's in Manhattan. Yeah. So he's, I know exactly Manhattan. where he lives because we talked about <laughs> about the graffiti outside his house from the the cycling event that goes past. <laughs> oh yeah. Of course. Over the wall. Yeah. Over the wall. Yeah, of, of all the things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's um, funny. A small yeah. world, isn't it? But I, it's a small world, but I wouldn't like to paint it. But yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, you came along to that, and I completely forget where I was going with the story. You said you met me once. You, I met you once. I did. And um, when you Nick came, came along. To, yeah, and you came to the Red Special Meetup, and what amazed me, having never met you before, and I've only seen interactions with you on the forum when you joined before you got kicked out, and when you joined before you got kicked out. And I, I'd obviously, I know Andrew Morgan. I've known him for. 20 years so he's always spoken very highly of you as a person and um i sort of was like well until i meet you i'm not going to judge because i you know internet doesn't really come across that well and mm -hmm. written written communication isn't the best thing but what struck me was you came in 
and went straight to the bar and then that doesn't sound when, like <laughs> but at, when we'd stopped doing the demo we were doing you spent your time going to almost every single person in the room that had a guitar or a piece of equipment and you were interested in what they were doing and you had a conversation with them and you i remember you picking up a chap called matt netherwood's guitar and you like your next too big um oh was that that guy yeah that guy yeah, what did you say what do you think i went next to yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you went to um luke timmons rig and he had his nigel knight cat rig and you programmed a couple of the presets and it's on his um tc yeah so I, I did that wrong he, he had them yeah. spot on and i just yeah you, I, I have told him that a few times yeah but then you stayed yeah, yeah you'll be listening then you'll be uh quickly editing it back but no, I just thought you didn't have to come for a start. And then when you did, you were interactive with everyone. And I asked you to do a Q&A, which I then put on Facebook, which wasn't my greatest moment doing it live. But, I, you, you know, it just struck me. You didn't need to be there. You were there on a day off the weekend and you spent your time with us properly, invested with us. And I just, it was such a nice moment for the community. Well, it's really the people it's really, that were in that room. It's really kind of you to say that because... I know what sort of reputation I've got with some people, and it does come across something that way. And there's a good reason for that, is because the internet angers me. And we touched on just before this interview. <laughs> the thing I can't, the thing I can't stand is I hate, absolutely hate unfairness. And until you've if anybody, anybody, if, if you're nice to me, unless I'm really really busy or really really stressed i'm nice to people if you're an arsehole i'm not and that, that's the it doesn't matter the work that i work for brian may i i was the same before i worked for brian may if you're an arsehole i'll tell you you're an arsehole if you're not it's fine it just, but just because i work for brian as i say i'm not a yes man he i don't i'm not his mouthpiece i'm i'm me yeah i don't i don't have to tow the part the, the company line i don't have to be nice to you because you own a brian may guitars guitar i i i'm just i just i just behave the way i behave because i'm an individual i'm not that's one of the disadvantages actually of working for working for brian he he becomes he becomes more interesting than not that I'm interesting. Yeah. But the moment new people find out what I do for a living, that's what they want to talk about. Yeah. And that is really annoying because a none of you, it's now your business what he's like. <laughs> I don't ask you what your boss is like. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in what your boss does. I'm not interested in what you what your boss is like. You know, you go hours work. Yeah, fine, fine, thanks, Pete. Yeah. I don't go, so what's your boss doing tomorrow? And what's, what's, what's he like? What was he like in 1983? And, and how do you feel? I don't care. So, so he, so, so I sometimes, obviously sometimes it is an advantage. If, for argument's sake, Brian wanted a gas fire fitted the other day and it was a three week waiting list. And I said, does it make a difference if it's Brian May from Queen? And they said, yes, we can do it in three days. So it does, it does give you advantages sometimes. When you do the, the old, oh, just drop that name down there, look. Yeah. Um, so it does give you advantages, but it also gives you disadvantages because people try and charge you more for a start yeah. for things. Uh, people will try and 
wheedle their way, way in somehow um, or get to him um, because they want to meet him or whatever. Um, so I, often I will tell people that I'm a telephone engineer. Yeah. If, if I don't want, if I, you know, you can, you can tell, can't you? Imagine if someone like me came up to me and said, what do you do for a living? I'd go, whoop, oh, I'm doing that. I'm a telephone engineer, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... So, so there's advantage and disadvantage. I can't remember how we got onto this conversation now. <laughs> You're talking about how, um, so I was just saying thank you for your time when you came to meet Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, how I decided not to prejudge you based on how you'd come across. Well, I'm glad, how... I'm, I'm glad you didn't. And it's, yeah, you get... You know, I get upset if I feel I get upset, and I feel if I if I feel like there's some sort of injustice or some sort of wrong being done, and you know what I mean by that. It's the the, the, the pirate issue, but I I don't really want to get into that. Everybody knows my my thoughts on that. Um, but it's and and then the mis, some of the misinformation on these on these forums, it it would end up, it it drives you mad, and the assumptions that are made about about what I do, you know, I'm up there to, I know I'm up there to be shot at and people can criticize what they like. And I'll tell you what, until you walked in my shoes for, come, obviously this can't happen, but if you, could, if you could see what I have to go through, say for one gig and, and you tell me it's easy, you tell me it's easy and you tell me you could do it any better. And I, I, I defy anyone to do that because and I'm not blowing my own trumpet. I'm just saying I've done it for a long time and I know I know what's happening. You know, I still yeah. mess things up. Of course, the things still go wrong. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, going, it's just, yeah, the misinformation and the, and the, the way people, <laughs> the way people speak with such authority on those forums and they know <laughs> shit from pay, which is why most of their windows fall out. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's it's so frustrating, and you want to go on there and say you're you're wrong, you're, yeah. you're absolutely wrong about this. But then you get into this massive long thing. Well, no, because I read, did, 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 I read in nineteen eighty, and you're like, shut up! I'm just telling you you're wrong. And then what they want to know why you're wrong, and you you, you spend your whole life talking about guitars and Brian May, and you know. No, I can I can see why you. Um, I mean, I completely see why you want to come on and and try and write not write the wrongs but put the information out there in the, the right way and having talked to you on a little bit before recording this and sending you a few emails as well to arrange this mm. i can completely see that you know you're hopefully you're pulling my leg a bit and i can playing back and having a bit of interaction and having no, some fun I'm, but i'm absolutely dead serious john yeah <laughs> but unless you were to know you in advance perhaps and yeah. to have met you and know that sometimes people could probably read it incorrectly on the forum. And I get that myself um, where I'll say something and not too much these days because um, people hear me talk now, but which is partly why I did the podcast because to try yeah. and actually hear from the horse's mouth, how they're speaking, because especially in difficult times when we're all a little bit more stressed, anyway you read something if you're it's often a reflection of you isn't it if you read something on the forum or on any forum a bit of news and you read it in the way that you're feeling you can take yeah. a, something that's written and it's make it angry in your own head because you're frustrated at something and then yeah. you've made your mind up that that's what it is and, and away you go and 
people don't mm. like to say sorry and they're wrong. So you can see why people get a bit. Yeah, and you know, there's there's a lot of time. You know, I try and especially after a gig, if if I bump into a a fan in a bar or whatever, I try and I try and be nice. But it, again, I've just finished work. Yeah, I've been I've been at work since half past ten in the morning, and it's now one o'clock in the morning, and I've got to get up tomorrow morning and do the same thing again. And all I want to do is sit and have a pint. I don't want yeah. to talk about the show, and the if, if so or the guitar. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It, can you imagine how frustrating that would be if the moment you finished work, um, there was ten thousand people shouting at you for one of your pens, yeah. right? And then you ignore them because. All you're trying to do is finish work. Yeah. And then they start calling you an arsehole because yeah. you're not giving them one of your pens after work. That's what I that's what I get every time. <laughs> so I'm on the stage. I've started wearing I've started wearing earphones now. Yeah. And they're not they're big, big or ear defenders, because then the people down the front know that I can't hear them. Rather than me yeah. having to ignore them because I'm fucking busy and I'm trying to pack a truck up and get out as quickly as possible, you know, shouting for Shout for sixpences. Shut up. I don't come and ask you for pens at your work. All right. Anyone listening, I suggest next time you see Pete, rather than asking for a sixpence, asking for his pen. <laughs> ask for a pen. Yeah, got pens. <laughs> but, but not only that, not only that, like, it, it goes like this. Oi. 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 Rody. Oi. You. Oi. Oi. And you're just like, fuck off. <laughs> but afterwards, generally, after this generally, it's, it, it's, it's fine. And, yeah. but you know, it's, who wants to talk about work after work? It's, it's the same, just because, just because you like Queen, it's not my fault you like Queen, is it? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put your hand, I didn't push your hand up your back and make you buy those albums. I don't know no. you anything. Sorry, I don't. Nobody's forced you into buying that stuff. No, it's Brian, it's the same as Brian though. I don't, I, I don't understand this thing about, you get, you know, he gets a lot of stuff. Oh, Brian didn't sign this, you know. I, you know, we're fans. We've made. Don't know you anything. He's really yeah. kind. He'll sign most things, but eventually, he's got to go to bed, yeah. and go to sleep, <laughs> and so have I. And you know, it. I, I don't see. You know, I don't know. I don't see hundreds of people queuing outside the Dyson factory to meet John Dyson, no. and ask for his autograph and get get their hoovers signed by him. <laughs> That's it. Can, can you imagine? It's, it's a, yeah, well, that's it. But it, that's what it seems like to me. It's a product. Yeah. You've, you've listened to it. You've tried the vacuum cleaner. You've decided to buy it. There the relationship ends. Sorry, yeah. it just does. Nobody owes you anything. No, not at all. I is, that me, is, is that me being a cynical old roadie now? Like that, the thing a that I absolutely didn't want to become. A bit maybe, but I think it's valid. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> Obviously, it's a different thing, but it, yeah. but you know, you know what I'm saying. You, oh, you understand what I'm yeah. trying to get at. Yeah, it's uh... definitely, and uh, I mean, it's not the same. And I wouldn't say I understand that. But I worked in an industry where you're at work early, and then you're watching a performance of something, and it, you're. I was looking after a football stadium full of people and fans watching games, and you go to bed and or you not go to bed you do that it's very draining and you have to wait until everyone's gone all the players gone the management and you go and lock up the stadium make sure it's safe and then people want to talk to you about the game and it's the last thing you want to do because it's work and you've been there since exactly. eight o'clock in the morning and you've been unblocking toilets and you've been making sure the lights work and you've been exactly. 
switching the water on and then you got to get up and do it again in three days because there's another home match and yeah same thing people what was that? say oh, what, what stadium was that Exeter City FC Exeter City FC St James Park the original St James Park but okay. yeah and again you, you tell someone where you work oh can you get us free tickets and exactly so you yeah. I started just saying can oh, you I work get me a free in football no yeah. I can't oh. not even you but, um, yeah and you start telling people that you know are I work in building maintenance because you don't want that conversation again of someone, oh, you work there, or what are the players like, how much do they earn? You know, it's, it's like, uh, no, no, none of your business, work. mate. Yeah, work, isn't it? It's work. Mm. No, I completely get it. But I also get that you, to me, you come on the forums at the, you know, like you came to the meetup that year and it felt like you'd enjoyed yourself and you got the room. And I think there was a really nice mutual respect there for you coming and, and talking to us all and, and being so open and spending time with us. You joined the, the Facebook forum like a day later and all of us were like, yeah, Pete's there. It's a great, oh, you know, oh, wow, wonderful, brilliant. And mm -hmm. then within five minutes, it was ruined by the people that weren't there and hadn't met you and, and had the chance to talk to you. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it was not your fault necessarily, but I think, um, I, th I think, you know. It's, it's really kind of you to say about that, but it's no, it's, do you know what, John? I'm, I'm just an ordinary bloke. I'm just a, an ordinary bloke. It, it's, I just happen to work for someone that you all love and it but i'm i, I i'm just an ordinary geezer from south yeah London. but 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 for me you you are and but you didn't have to come and you didn't have to be nice to all of us because you didn't owe us anything and we you know you didn't have to come you didn't have to show up you didn't we, we didn't ask you we didn't you just turned up and you were available yeah, you didn't, ask, to, you didn't invite me i just turned up yeah <laughs> didn't think you well i invited you this year i haven't there did you oh yeah what was I, doing? I I answered you, wasn't I? Wasn't I doing something? Oh, was, I did some plumbing work, didn't I? Plumbing work in your bathroom. Yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick came around. Nick wanted to come, but we had yeah. a really interesting rock and roll story. We were plumbing my new fridge in, and we didn't have yeah. nothing, because Nick, Nick used to be a plumber. <laughs> so Nick was, Nick was, me and Nick were doing that, plumb my new fridge in, and um, yeah, we could, he was like, oh, we should go, we should go, and I was like, mate, can we do me, can we do me fridge first? And by that time, it was, yeah, game over. Oh, you missed you missed a good one this year. It was a great feeling. Nah, there, you so. had Justin there. Justin's much more interesting than me. No, well, he, oh, he's pretty good. Uh, it, was, it was it was really good. It's nice to see everyone again. It did was he, very um, nice. Did he? Um, what was he talking about? Because I haven't. I don't think I've seen his. Don't think I've seen anything. Was he talking about like the record Brian's recording, yeah, the, how he records him and yeah, so a little bit about how he got into it and then how he records yeah. him and what they've done over the years and then yeah. um, which is another interesting story another right place right time yeah really <clears throat> and then um we opened up to questions and people were asking him about how specific songs were recorded and what stuff he did on the bohemian rhapsody film and well he's really he's, interesting he's yeah he, well, he's he's an amazing guy because he said to me are you coming i said but no I don't, I don't think so um but he said yeah he came around my house afterwards actually for a drink and um he said he said it was good and he enjoyed it yeah um good. but he's yeah he's he's an amazing guy justin he's a bit very very clever yeah and um yeah and the, yeah he's yeah he's much more interested than i am no and you're the, right different perspective maybe different different questions to answer ever so slightly <laughs> no it's it's good it's nice to, you know, that, I, did, I had to send him home in a cab from my house after that yeah. <laughs> i think it's um you know for <laughs> us i think as fans of it all and we're starting to hopefully the it feels like we're getting more people interested in coming to the meetup 
than just us fans and like yourself coming one year and then we managed to get Justin and Ariel to turn up and, and oh, Ariel, yeah she, she turned up as well which was good she's good and, um, there, she? yeah just a bit sick <laughs> hater yeah she's, yeah, um, she's really good isn't she yeah very and she she let everyone play two-tone as well which was awesome oh, the original yeah yeah so um well, I, I like component. I've got mine's coming. I think. I think I've. Um, I'm buy, I've got to buy one from Brian Big Guitars. <laughs> I think my my one's out for being reviewed for lots of. But I think I'm getting. I think Ariel's got number one. Brian's got number yeah. two, and I think I'm getting number three. Right. But I really like it. I, um, yeah. I I don't play guitar much anymore. Um, one yeah, nail it. There, that one. Yeah. There. Um, I really like it. It's a bit of a Marmite one, isn't it? It's like, but some people seem to. Some people they you either love it or you hate it. Or I think people. Like, I think people are making their minds up before they play it. Yeah. On the aesthetic, and I, obviously that's important when you play an instrument. But I think if you pick one up and play it, yeah, and again the switching and the versatility. I, I find it more comfortable than the than the the RS. To to be honest, so yeah. it's certainly more comfortable than Brian's original to play. Because yeah. I can actually get my hand around the neck. That <laughs> not that I play. Oh, not that I play guitar much. I'm. I'm. Well, you asked. You asked Bradley, and I'll tell you. Well, a funny. Uh, last time I saw Morgan, uh, Nick was round, and we ended up. We ended up and Nigel Knight, and we ended up having a bit of a jam night, and it was at my house, and I was so drunk. I was trying to play guitar, and Andrew Andrew Morgan said I was leaning against the corner of the wall. <laughs> I couldn't. He said, "He said you couldn't. You couldn't really play." He said you, you were pretty gone. And so he, he he's, he's given me a bass because he said next time you're that drunk, he said one note might be easier. Than <laughs> <laughs> he's a deep twenty. Yeah. So I don't. I I play. I hardly play at all now. I used to, I used to be kind of all right. Twenty five. 26 years ago, I was kind of all right. Could never play lead. Yeah. I was all right rhythm, but um, when you work, when you start working for someone like him, you, yeah. you just want to give up. Really, just throw it in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Get that>. <laughs> <laughs> no point. Might as, well, might as well quit now. So, no, definitely. The, but the most I ever play now is on is on tour. Yeah. Sound check. So yeah, I, was gonna say, I think I've heard you sound check. Sorry. I think I've heard you sound check before. What was I playing? Yeah. Yeah, was I playing Highway to Hell? No, it was... Oh, when was it? It was in London at Hyde Park um, with Paul Rogers. It was the rearranged gig after the London bombings. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, don't know, I, oh, I, I haven't got a clue what you're playing. I was... Yeah. <laughs> I remember... But it was the, one of the first times I'd heard the RS played through 8030s without it coming through the PA because you were messing around with it before like everything was getting set up and it was like oh wow that's that's pretty pretty interesting sound who'd that play absolutely nothing like Brian whatsoever no it didn't um Funny that, it? More, yeah yeah well not at all because everyone knows that the tone is in the clog yeah. and that's it is it's in the clogs no it's I mean it's amazing we all try and get this kit and equipment to try and sound like him but you, you, we just so there's a couple of people i think get relatively close i think well, can... i saw a couple i saw a couple actually one guy um might have been from the last last 
I think I I can't remember. It was one of your things. It might have been from one of the meetups. He said he sounded quite good. I tell you, did I tell you who can sound like Brian a lot is Bradders. Yeah. Simon Bradley does a pretty fucking good impression of Brian. We keep trying to get him to the meetup, but he's always driving his bus. So we need to try and try and make sure that he can um, come along one year and then we can hear him. But he he regaled us with this. Some guitar player, I tell you, he is shit hot and he can't. he can really sound like Brian. He was telling us about the story of when he, um, you asked him if he wanted to be in We Will Rock You. Yeah, he got really close, didn't he? Yeah, very. He got really close. I'm glad he didn't because, I t- well, I think it would have driven him mad. Yeah. It drove it drove most of the other guitar players mad, I think. <laughs> but, um, but no, no, he, I, I, he, got, he got close. He got really close. Yeah. Yeah, he, it, we, on the podcast of his, he took... I think it was, was it the right, he learned the wrong version of something? I can't remember. The, the all, all I remember is he, he, he came back for the second edition, but I think by then, Laurie Wisefield had, he'd either auditioned or he, or he was going to audition or something. And I think because, well, because of his experience, I mean, oh God, what was his band? It was Wishbone Ash, wasn't it, Laurie Wisefield? But he's, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. And, um, and Alan Darby, um, yeah, and I think, I think Brad, I, I think he he lacked experience. I think Bradus, um, because he was just a good guitar player. I'm not even sure if Bradus can read music, and you have to, obviously, you have to be able to. I think you have to be able to read music. I'm not sure, yeah. but um, no, he got really close, Bradus, and he was, he, yeah, he sounded, he sounded great. <coughs> and Morgan's a yeah. good guitar player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's really good, Andy. Apart from when he's drunk. So he can't drink, he can't play guitar. <laughs> and and Nigel's Nigel's a, a, a Nigel's a pretty pretty hef, pretty pretty good drummer as well. Yeah, he's we nowhere near as good as, he's nowhere near as good as Nick though. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Nick doesn't let him forget it either. <laughs> Imagine that goes down well. No, Nick's not like that, but but Nigel Nigel won't pick up the drums, <laughs> pick up the drumsticks when, when Nick's there. No. No, it's all good. And that's the great thing, I think, with a meetup is getting you all along and, and getting you involved yeah. in what we're up to and people realising you're just people and demystifying a few things. And, you know, we're, yeah, we're all a bunch of, you know, we are. We probably admit it. We're ridiculously obsessed with Brian's guitar because it's yeah. hit something, that note in, in us as to some reason why, whether it's the sound it makes or the story or how it's constructed. And, and, to, be, and to, be honest, to be honest, John, you lot probably know more about it than I do. Because I only know what I have to know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not that in. I'm not in that interested in the the massive ins and outs. In it. I just need to know how to fix it. Yeah. I, that, that's all I need to know. That's you know. That's that's my job. I'm. It's. I don't have to. I don't have to um, know the history really. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that comes across. Not comes across, but I think that's where some people make a mistake with thinking you're the the historian, custodian, yeah. all font of all knowledge. You you were there when Brian and Harold made it. Um, watching over, and you just picked it up at a I've certain point, taken, and I've seen it taken apart. And yeah, I understand. I understood a lot more about it once once um, Andy got and took it apart. Understood a lot more about it then. But that was funny. Yeah. I mean, me, me, Bradders, Nigel, and Andrew were here. In fact, in this room, yeah. on this table, taking it apart, and it was it was hilarious. <laughs> we had a right old laugh, and we were all crapping ourselves. But it was funny. Yeah. It was really funny. Funny day. Brian wanders in and like, what's up? Yeah. 
<laughs> it, was all, it was all in order where I was picking bits yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was yeah. amusing. Amusing day. Right. But yeah, I don't, I, I say I don't, I, I don't profess to know everything about that. You right. know, I'm, I'm interested in, I'm interested in what's happening now. And yeah, if, you know, and get the whole of the, the whole, the whole gear thing, not just, not just the guitar, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, we are pretty specific with our knowledge and we do have far too much time in our free time to mm. research this thing. And the book has certainly been a massive benefit to us all in unlocking a few extra secrets. And, and it's a good book, isn't it? It's a good, it's yeah. a good book, but really well read. It's, it's, and I like the, the fact that it's, it's almost like the first sort of bit of it is, is kind of like a, the start of an autobiography, isn't it? Really, yeah. right. Which Definitely. I we keep, we keep trying to get him to do an autobiography. And he, we're, going back to lockdown, somebody suggested that, oh, we're in lockdown, why don't you write autobiography? No. I, I really hope he does one, but I don't think he will. He's too busy doing other stuff. So. Yeah, I guess it's the finding the time for him, isn't it? Do it and try well, to... He's, he's, he's work, he works in, you know, he's, he works so hard, too hard, I think. I think he, he works so hard that sometimes it must be difficult for him to focus because he's jumping from one thing to another and I because he likes to be busy. But sometimes it's frustrating working for him because you can't pin him down long enough to get to get decisions that, yeah. that I need I, I need to to get out of him. I, and then you'll get him for five minutes, but his head's not in the right space because he's thinking about something else. So it's not the right time to ask him about this. Yeah. It, you know, it is. But he, 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 he's, he's an absolute workaholic. His least favorite time is Christmas because we, we're all, none of us are here. Yeah. Because we're all, we're all off, and he, he hates it. That's <laughs> what he's got no one to play with. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't though. We're all we're all no. off. Yeah, he's going, what we're going to do now? <laughs> Can't do any work. But he's, he's he's amazing, and he's amazingly driven about his stuff. And I mean, you know, for him to be not only him, not only Brian May out of Queen, but the, the stuff he does with the animals, which he absolutely throws his heart and soul and a lot of money at he's not he's not um he's not like a plastic animal rights person he he puts his money where his mouth is and that and he's so passionate about that and the astronomy stuff and the 3d stuff yeah it's just like you know and and his stuff and the, the archiving and the collections and the and the and queen and he's just honestly i don't know who does it yeah. i don't know who does it because I, no. I it'd kill me but i think if he wasn't that if he wasn't that busy i don't i don't know what he'd do he's you know i've been he's, he's not he's, he's not a lay on the beach kind of guy when he goes on holiday and roger roger will go away and i don't think brian could do that i don't think he'd probably sit by the pool for a day but then he'd i think he'd drive him mad Oh, yeah, well, he's an intelligent chap, isn't he? His mind's ticking over all the... Yeah, a bit too intelligent sometimes. <laughs> Very difficult to bullshit him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seriously is. You can't, you can't. You just can't. You can't make something up because he, he'll, he'll probably know more about it than I do. <laughs> Sounds like you're speaking from far too many experiences there, Pete. I, I don't bother. I don't bother bullshitting him. There's no, there's no point. There's no point in bullshitting him. I'll just tell him, just tell him how it is. I'm telling the truth because you can't. 
you can't, you know, and if, if, you know, for instance, well, you know, on tour and stuff, there, there are things, the thing is with, the thing is with his, you know, you're learning all the time doing that stuff. And, and generally any, most problems I've sort of seen before, but you'll get, you'll get the odd thing that comes up or the odd mistake. And, and the trick I found is not just don't make the same mistake twice. And I have done that in the past. There's just little things and, and, um, if, and he'll comment on that. He'll say, well, you didn't, you know, do that. And I just, I just have to say, it won't happen again. And that's all I can say is, I apologize and it won't happen again. Yeah. Um, but if you keep, if you keep messing, if you keep messing up and doing the same things, you, just, you know, I wouldn't expect to be here. No, it's like any job, isn't it? You can't, you just can't, you can be told oh, once, but you can't keep making the same mistake. No, completely. And it's being open, I mean, I always, open and honest is always the best policy as well. And say if you've messed up and say what you've done and what you can do about it differently. Yeah, I messed up the other day. I just, and I, I was just like, oh shit, I got a message from people like, where's Sansa? You were supposed to be dropping that over. It was in the back of my car. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm really sorry. I said, I, something else in my mind. I thought, I, I think I'm going nuts. I'll drop it over in the morning when I come in. It's my, totally my fault. I'm getting old, see? Getting old yeah. and forgetful. I've got, I've got things written on my hand that I've got to do today. That says water. Yep. And that says drain rods. Drain rods. <laughs> right. And <clears throat> so the drain rods is, the drain rods is done, right? Because that, yep. remember the gardener came in? Yeah, you can take the drain rods off. in the back of the car. Yeah, right. Okay, so I can rub drain rods off there. Right. So I don't have to do that. But that, that's how I forget. I have to carry a Sharpie around. Right. On there. Gone. <laughs> This case, it totally goes out, goes out of my mind what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so it's been a, no, pleasure. been a pleasure. No, thank you. No problem. Um, Brian really does appreciate all the support everybody gives him. Not just fans, not just guitar fans, but you know all the fans. And he's he's you know, and it's it's it's, it's nice, isn't it? It's a, it's a nice yeah. it's a nice thing to do, and it is appreciated. And just you know. If if I am an if I am a dickhead to you, is there's a good reason? Yes, yeah. because I'm either tired or busy or fed up or missing home, or I haven't We've got anything. Some... I've had enough, or Brian's just shouted at me, or I've had a shit yeah. gig, or I'm having a shit time, or I'm not well. You know, yeah. all the normal <laughs> all the normal things that normal people go through when they've got the um. Yeah. Um, yeah. So try that, well, and and also and also massive thanks to to you guys but also to to the guys who mentioned andrew uh, the two andrews and nigel and bradders and um barry uh, and everyone they're they're yeah. just honestly they just they're top guys and it's it's just brilliant it's just brilliant fun working with those guys we do have a laugh me and nigel yeah. me and nigel's it's, it's just hilarious and morgan right. is so funny yeah, oh, I like Andrew. He's, he's he's such a funny guy. He sends me the worst jokes ever. <laughs> His poor, long-suffering wife, Kate. Do you know Kate? Yeah, I know Kate. Oh yeah, she's she's poor. great. She's not she's not very heavy either. She's nice and easy to lift. Lift, yeah, Kate, when she's throw her into bed. <laughs> I don't know. It must be something about it's with Welsh people. Can they not drink or something? I don't know. They're meant to be able to, aren't they, Welsh people? Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and spending far too much of your time probably with me. It's been great to, to get to know you. I'm sure everyone will really appreciate your time. Okay. Um, keep safe. Good luck with the tour next year. Okay, and, I will um, be, mate. And uh, yeah, hopefully... Are you, you coming to any gigs? 
Yeah, I am. We're what, what, in, aren't, what aren't you going to shout at the end of the? What aren't you going to shout at the end of the show? You're not going to shout, boy. No, I'm just going to. Oi. I'm just going to throw. Shout out, where's your pen? Shout where's your pen? Go shout where's your. Got any pens? <laughs> That's going to be the new thing. Any paper clips? Any paper clips? Give me a paper clip. I need some post-it notes over here. Yeah, give me some post-it notes from your boss. <laughs> all right. Nice one, John. And that was Pete Malandrone. I think you'll all agree it's a fantastic episode. And thank you so much to Pete for giving me a good hour and a half of his time. And we were in stitches for lots of that. Uh, not to mention Pete's suggested titles for the, uh, for the episode. Keep your elf alive. The snow must go on. An icicle race being up there with some of those. But... I just want to say again a massive thank you to all of you for the last 12 months of support for the podcast. It's been a fantastic wild ride, what with the meetup going ahead as well, and it really has been a great year for all things Red Special, from my opinion. We've obviously got the Guyton Time Warps out now. We've got some wonderful other cat products on their way. Queen are going on tour next year if um, Omicron doesn't have its way away with that. And fingers crossed we all have a wonderful Christmas and a good new year. And I hope to see as many of you as there can be on the podcast red special christmas zoom drinks this coming saturday details on the facebook page um, it'd be great to see you all there and um yeah some more episodes coming we've got some more footage from the meetup still to edit and put out plus some reviews of a few, couple of things and um yeah merry christmas everyone i hope you have a wonderful time with your family and uh, see you in the new year mm-hmm.